And we welcome you into a Thursday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Hale, Braden Gall, Derek Mason, Marquise Munson with you for the next four hours. A lot of good things to get to as we inch closer and closer to another sports weekend. Boys, what up? Tannehill Chapter 2, coming soon to a theater near you. Don't sleep on the Tamarhan, folks. <laughs> we tried telling you this guy could very well be the 2020 MVP of the league. <laughs> the resurgence is upon us. It just, uh, it just, it's so weak to weak in this sport. If right? you've never seen Joe Montana play football, you watch Sunday. <laughs> Tan has got a better arm than Joe. Yeah, he <laughs> Maybe, does. Probably. No, that's very true. Uh, last night, though. Um, so, so, some drama outside of the sports world. Yeah, do we want to? We could listen. The World Series. All of a sudden, the Nationals are up two nothing. R.J. Barrett's doing things only LeBron James has done in the NBA in his debut. My New York Knicks and a player I thought I said would be better than Zion Williamson, and clearly we're allowed to overreact because Jeremy Pruitt told us we could. So clearly, Zion Williamson injury problems already. R.J. Barrett twenty one now nine of thirteen shooting for the, for my New York Knicks. But more importantly, so clearly, obviously going to be as good as LeBron and better than Zion Williamson. Th- they did not win the game. I don't care about that. <laughs> but, the, but but they Why but would they, I care about that? They cover. Why would I care about who They won? were getting 10. They lost by 9. <laughs> who cares about that? Go New York. Go New York. Go. You know, you know who else doesn't care about uh, scoring points and losing games? Kyrie Irving. Exactly. Doesn't care about that either. Um, no, uh, sideswiped last night at dinner. Um, sitting, not, like, not like swiped on like Tinder yeah, or... No, nope, yeah, or my credit card, which yeah. also was swiped at dinner. Um, Wait, no. stolen? No, 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 no. Swipe. Swipes. Like, oh, okay. Like okay. Like a, okay. Nobody swipes anymore. They just put it in the chip. I mean, I don't know. I gave it to the yeah. server. He disappeared. He came back, and it was my money was gone. I don't know. <laughs> so, so we go to dinner. So my wife and I are going to a rhyming show last night. Jason Isbell, of course, the greatest songwriter of our generation. And we do this every year. We, we haven't had a lot of time to get out and do much at all. And we get out to have dinner finally. We're like, all right, it's Wednesday. We've, we've been planning on this for four months this this particular concert, where do you want to eat? Okay, we go pick our restaurant, one of our favorite restaurants. You would love it, Derek. Mm-hmm. It's got, we had some fresh pita with some jalapeno relish. Uh. Jalapeno relish in the hummus, dude. That's it's it's good. like that so, it, good. It's super up your alley. So <laughs> it's a great restaurant. It's super. It's not like a swanky place or anything. And we go eat, and we have a good time. And we're walking out to get in the truck to go back, go over to, to downtown to go to the Ryman. And I start, like, walking, and as I'm walking on stuff to get back to the truck, I, I start hearing all these cracks and pops underneath my feet. Oh, no. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, no. Somebody took my – it could have been worse. It could have been worse. But somebody took my side view mirror out, like, completely destroyed it. It's completely oh, shattered. Wow. And it's all over the road. Like, it's all over the sidewalk. And I'm just going, what? come on. Like, I don't know what I expected somebody to do. In that situation, leave would, a would note? you have stopped and left a note? I would yes. hope to think I would stop and leave my insurance card or my phone number and my name. Like it's not an expensive repair, but it pisses me off. It should. So I just like you, and clearly the way as hard as this person hit my truck, mm-hmm. clearly there's some something wrong with their car too. <laughs> like, did they put any scratches on the actual car or just the, the mirror? Car miraculously. Does not have. There's no quarter panel damage. Oh wow! Miraculously, they just shattered the side. It could have been a scooter. In which case, that person's probably decapitated, right? Yeah. Or he's blown <laughs> like, out his shoulder. Like, right? Yeah. Like, if you hit your shoulder, yeah. you got to pop that thing back into place on your own. Like, what do you? Got a failed tumble. Got <laughs> it, it, I just. 
Like, it's a truck. It sits up pretty high. So it's not like a car. A car could not have hit that. It had to have been a big truck. So I'm assuming there's some damage. Is it good for me to hope and root for damage on the other person's car? Yes. Like, it's, it's, it, a, it's a prerequisite. Or is that like... It's called karma. Okay. What goes around comes around. Yeah, I know. It, just doesn't, it doesn't feel clean and healthy to, mm. to root for someone else to have to pay to fix their car, too. But since I'm going to have to do that for mine... Ooh. Eh, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, you root for the other person to fail. <laughs> mm. Okay, you guys want to feel better though about just yourselves? Gotta, just gotta go fix it, I guess. I can make you feel better. Put a smile on All your right. face, please. Try. I go Are to we g- off work yet? Huh? Are we off work? No, we still got hours. three is hours and fifty-seven minutes to go. Is it stick to sports? Which is why we're not talking about sports. Just stick to sports yet? <laughs> um, so I go to Kroger yesterday, and I'm going up and down the. Uh, I'm looking for the protein bars. Ah. Now, normally I'm a Publix guy, but the uh-huh. wife has made the transition to Kroger because she wants gas points. Because mm. discounted gas is a big smart, thing to my smart, wife. Smart, smart, So I'm looking for the, for the protein bars. I'll call her an elderly lady for <laughs> the wife? sake. Oh. No, 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 my oh, wife. Well, she's elderly, too. Because <laughs> I've been with her since 1930. Um, so I go up the, the, the protein bar aisle. Elderly lady comes flying. And, I, and I'm telling you, she had to be at least 75. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but she had to be 75. Not, there's facts. nothing disrespectful yeah. about that. And it was, you know, I wore sandals yesterday. Uh-huh. No bathing she, suit? No bathing suit. Okay. She ran over my toe with a oh, shopping cart. Oh, oh, dude. I yelled like I got ah. shot. How fast was she going? Uh, she was moving. Normally, I mean, it, it wasn't even a motorized cart. Normally I mean, she was pushing. Yeah, normally it's the other way around. You see the... Uh, uh, a person who's up there in age and experience driving a driving slow. a grocery cart. It's like, come on, get out of the way. She hey, bowled right over my toes. I yelled as loud as I can physically yell in pain. <laughs> she didn't stop. No, she what? didn't. She didn't hear it. Oh, she my. just kept, she was on a mission to the self checkout aisle. Did she have the earbuds in? I know. Wait, wait, wait. She Hang might on. have had a hearing aid in, which maybe explains why she didn't hear so me. So she's so she's of a certain age where two things are normally not the case. Normally, you're not self-checking out if you're that age, and which is, again, broad brushing here, of course. And normally, you're not moving fast. Mm-hmm. These are two very unusual she probably I, I don't even know what she had in the cart, but it was aisle three, and that's right. If you go all the way up aisle three, that leads you straight into the self-checkout. Dude, I'm telling you, I have a lower body injury today. I might not get through the program. Day to day. Maybe you feel a little better. It was a hit and run. I, I, I'm not. I went to bed at 1230. It was a hit and run. Huh? Yeah. We had two hit and runs. Gosh. I mean, when Wall of Fortune starts at seven, Nick, you got to get all out the you, way, dude. Like you get you guys, yeah. It was L- eight Luby, and a half hours ago. <laughs> the the dinner buffet at Luby's starts at five o'clock. That's me. Mm, mm, so uh, you guys better Luby's. be you guys better be careful then, because the two of us have had our hit and runs for the year. Mm-hmm. You, you two are next, mm-hmm. Marquise and Derek. No, so Derek, me. how the hell was your day yesterday? Um, it was good. Any I drama? Mean, any festivities? Nah, Trader Joe's, uh, <laughs> Costco. Um, We're talking about Kroger. He's like, I went to the fancy grocery store. Um, uh, car wash. Nice. Just um, a real stressful day for you. <laughs> went home, got some things done. I did some other stuff. It was just a cool night. It was did you a cool wash day. your sheets? Some, some things. I did. I did wash my sheets. Oh, Absolutely. Boy. I had a whole bunch of sheets in the um, in the laundry, laundry room. Yeah. And I was going to wait until Friday to do it. This is riveting. But I was just sitting around the house, and I'm like, I might as well. If you're going to wash your car, you might as well do your sheets. Yeah, I was like, I might as well throw sheets in there. Exactly you right. I think we should go deeper into your laundry strategies. And then. Really I, get in the weeds. I put the. I like, I like my sheets to be extra hot when they come out. 
So I put the I put the dryer on like this might be crazy. I know some people put their dryer on like sixty minutes. You know, if it's a big load, like sixty minutes. (laughs) Sixty minutes. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I I double mine. Sometimes like one hundred and twenty minutes. Sometimes big sometimes big loads are hard to handle. Doesn't that ruin the quality? No, it's just take a little extra time because I stop talking. Dryer sheets in there. I throw like I grab. This is no lie, and I don't know why I do it. <laughs> I grab like ten dryer sheets every time I throw them in the dryer. I do too. I'm very, I'm, I'm very liberal with dryer exactly. sheets. My right. wife would be like, "You just put in twelve <laughs> items and you put in three sheets. Exactly. You're wasting them." I'm like, "No." And then when I pull out all the clothes, dryer sheets come falling out. And no dryer sheets at our house. No, you gotta have dryer sheets. No, dryer yeah, you sheets. got to. You gotta yeah. have dryer. But sheets. you use That's fabric soft. softener when you wash, right? Yeah. Um, or else you're gonna have nope. a ton of static. Nope. Exactly. No, we've got a fancy dryer. I don't know. It's wife doesn't need it. I don't need it. Yeah. No yeah. dryer sheets. No. No static. Sheets. No. Uh, I'm not anti dryer sheet. I just don't need it. If I needed really? it, I would buy them and use them. But I don't <laughs> need them. Does your washing machine? Do, because I try sometimes to tie my washing machine up with my dryer it's at hard times. To do. At times, it's like buying no. hot dogs and and buns. Yeah. Why don't they make the exactly. same amount of hot dogs in the pack they as they do the buns it. in the pack? It's like, why don't the washing and dryers time if you t- exactly if you put it, the same amount? If you amount. put them both on 60 minutes, they both should start and end the same well, time. So our dryer is like has a sensor in it, so it knows like when the clothes are still wet, so it'll keep it'll add time on its own. Mm-hmm. So that, that, you don't really set it for a time. Like you set it for like a style. Yeah, I set mine on um, self, which I can set it on the other ones, but I do it on, yeah. you know, where I could just do the timer. But I just do delicates all the time. Just put it on delicates. I put the I put the clothes in the washer. And sometimes I try to I like low heat on my time delicates. it up. Where okay, if I know if I know I'm going to bed, I throw the, the clothes in the washer at around like ten. Oh, that's if late. I know I'm going to bed at like ten thirty, ten a little bit after ten thirty, I try to time it so as I'm going to bed, it's done. I can throw them in the dryer. Then when I wake up, right. they're dry. Right. <laughs> it never works that way because I go back in after literally after thirty minutes. I'll go back in. No, I go back in after twenty five minutes. The dry the washer it's says supposed, it's supposed to say five. Yeah, the washer says the wash says eight minutes. So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Then I go back in. It says ten minutes. Yeah. I'm like, what in the hell? Then I go back in. It's like seven minutes. It didn't get it. Then done. I go back in. It's like eight minutes. And by the time it's done, it's like ten forty five. Yeah. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Ours does the same thing. Damn washers. Because it's got it, a mind of its own. The Matrix is coming, man. Exactly. I'm telling you. They're going, you know what? what's going to happen with washers? This is what's going to happen. You're going to throw your clothes in the washing machine one day. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, well, like I did, going to go, come, go, go back. And then the last time you come in, the washer's going to be standing up. Or all the clothing will be standing up, like on yeah. hangers. Or you the washer's going to be looking at you. Do you see this supercomputer that Google, that Google invented or whatever? They have the supercomputer that they, I don't know, this came out yesterday or a couple days ago, like supercomputer that can do like calculations 10,000 times faster than any other computer. And I just immediately am like, oh, God. It's just making we're everybody just getting, dumber. We're just getting closer and closer to, to living in caves again. It's making like, everybody dumber. And rendering dumber. the human population extinct. We just lay on couches Listen, and, and look the, at our phones. The Terminator drink Tito's. was yeah. not. Amen. The Terminator wasn't. It was science fiction, but was it really fiction? Did you did you know the Skynet? If you look at the Skynet, was it really fiction? Deep. Look at the Skynet card. You know mm-hmm. the the is it Terminator Two where she has to go back and get the the card? You know, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, for, go back in time and get the guy the 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 doctor's card. Yeah, right? uh-huh. it's a yep. Skynet card or whatever. The little plastic piece that looks like a credit card. Well, the new Apple c- card. If you look at them side by side, look the same. The new Apple uh, credit card. 
like Apple Pay, Wallet or Pay or whatever it is, it looks exactly the same as the Skynet card. And I'm like, come on. Come on, Apple. Now you're just trolling us. You're just Mind tro- you're blown. Just, you're just trolling us. You already, Terminator. You already have every it's single coming. piece of data on us. And, and you're coming. storing it in some freaking server in the desert in Reno, and you've got all our information already. It's coming. Now all right, you're trolling us. You know who the first Terminator? Break. Tom Brady. He's, he's watching. The first Tom Brady. He's been playing since the first Terminator exactly. came out. Yeah, he's, he's it's unbelievable. He's actually not human. All right, here's what we got coming up on the show today. Obviously, game day for the Nashville Predators. They are home tonight. They take on the Minnesota Wild for the second time this year. It's a Thursday, so we have coffee with the coach. Peter LaViolette is due up this week as we cycle back to the head coach for the second time this season. We'll also talk to Hal Gill and Joe Rexrode. We're going to go behind enemy lines today with Greg Allman from The Athletic. He covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we'll get a perspective on Tampa Bay as they come to Nissan Stadium on Sunday. Uh, a lot of Vols talk, also some Titans and Preds talk as well. Uh, and when we come back, A.J. Brown with an interesting quote yesterday that I think we need to dissect and try to figure out what exactly he was referring to. Was there? You know, We'll try to read between the lines a little bit. It's Morning Drive live here on a Thursday on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Back in here live, 617 Thursday morning. It is Morning Drive live from the Wholesaling Studios powered by RumbleOn.com. And RumbleOn is what we will do for the next three hours and 45 minutes. Let's get to some Tennessee Titans conversation. Uh, and let's get to a little soundbite yesterday from Titans rookie wide receiver A.J. Brown talking about the command of the huddle that Ryan Tannehill already has. In the huddle, man, he's a general. Uh, he leads us. Uh, he, got, he got a lot of confidence in the huddle. And uh, you can tell, you can hear it in his voice. Every, every play call, you can hear it. Uh, he said he says real loud and uh, with some authority. Now, I, I think the entry-level reaction to that, which you can get coming up later this afternoon with Gerald Stillman, is, oh, he's taking a shot at Marcus, and Marcus isn't vocal. I've always believed that not every leader needs to be vocal. I mean, I, I've always said Derek Jeter was one of those lead-by-example quiet guys. Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi. Is there something, though, to Tannehill? Can, can his presence and command, if it is greater from a vocal standpoint, from a visual standpoint, can that be uplifting to the team? Um, it can. I'm not saying it's better than Marcus's style, but can it be? Can it be enough to resurrect you? I mean, they they have um, you know, apparently they have two different styles. Um, he said that not. He said it for a reason, but it wasn't. It wasn't to diminish Marcus. You know, ability to be a leader in the huddle. It's just that they do it differently, and maybe sometimes, just maybe, he couldn't hear because it's so loud. He couldn't hear in a huddle because Mar- Marcus is probably more so, you know, soft toned. Um, you know, he doesn't. It's 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 hard for a guy that's not loud to then get loud um, all the time. You know, sometimes he might he might get loud, but then sometimes he might revert back to who he is ultimately. So, I mean, it it he is he is explaining a difference, but he's not doing it to say you know Marcus wasn't a leader or anything. He was just saying you know Ryan does it, um, you know he does it a different way. But you heard Matthews, Rashawn Matthew, Rashawn Matthews said um, when he was on the midday show with Darren and the guys, he said you know Tannehill, he's a leader. He's going to command you know that guys do things the right way. He's going to be vocal. Um, and you know, you see it now, uh, when a young guy like that, you know, you, sometimes you listen to a young guy 
sometimes you say, ah, oh, man, you're just full of, you know, pee and, pee and vinegar. Get out of here. Go. Calm down. Once you learn the game, you'll figure everything out. I think this is one of these times where you listen to a young guy because he's not used to anything. He doesn't know. So when Ryan gets in a huddle, all of a sudden it's, oh, okay, I need to listen. I need to, I need to pay attention. I need to perk up. I need to make sure. You know, and he could, I mean, he's right. And, but he's not taking a shot at Marcus. I don't think he's taking a shot at Marcus. I, I just think, and I said this before, I said, I think that the offense, the huddle, the receivers, he commands something from them that they probably were not getting. And they didn't know they were not getting until they heard it come from someone else, like the inflection of the voice, you know, saying something when they come back. That wasn't, I don't think that was Marcus's style. I mean, you and you can't fault him. It's like, you know, this is how he was in college, probably how he was in high school. You can't change. Well, you know, you can't change him. The, the, you, you say this all the time. What, what else is he going to say? Too? Exactly. Like, what else is he going to say? Like, well, I don't know. He's, like, he's not going to, it's like a coach on recruiting National Signing Day. Like, coach, how's your recruiting class? Uh, we didn't get any of the players we wanted. Like, you're, you're never going to hear that. So you're never going to hear anybody say when the new quarterback's in the huddle, well, well he's, yeah, uh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's got any. I don't think he's got any presence in the huddle. Like you're never going to hear rookie or or fifteen year vet. You're never going to hear that. So you kind of take it for what it's worth. Um, I, I don't think the volume of your voice affects how good a quarterback you are. Like I don't think that's. A th- I don't think those are two things that that correlate. But we have talked about how Marcus needed to be more direct in some way, shape, or form mm-hmm. with his receivers, more of as a motivational tactic, right? Like Corey Davis, dude, I need you to have some dog in you go out and get the football so that I can trust you. And that's, you know, if, if Ryan Tannehill is demanding more of his receivers, then that's a good thing. How long does that last? I mean, we'll, we'll see. As long as his pocket holds up, I'm, I'm willing to bet. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Again, this, this whole experiment, and let's call it what it is, an, ent- an experiment, is, is meant to save the season. So far, it's worked. Let's see what, what happens in, in, in the next couple of weeks. And if they're sitting at 5-4 and four after a couple more games, then we've got something to be excited about. But... The way we overreact to NFL quarterbacks in particular after a single game, Daniel Jones is going to the Hall of Fame <laughs> after one game. You're telling us he's better than Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not even saying you're wrong. It's just, it's just what we do. We just mm-hmm. we look at a quarterback in one game and go, up, oh, failure, up, oh, genius. Uh, you know, there's never just a, oh, you mean good players have bad games and bad players have good games? Oh, it's amazing. So let's just see what happens. Right. Uh, speaking of Tannehill, I had a conversation with my father-in-law yesterday. Diehard Eagles fan, and he says, "Boy, Tannehill looked good uh, last week." And I've I've heard that the Bucks secondary is not that good. He's going to have another good week, isn't he? And I said, "Yeah, it probably will." I don't think Tampa Bay is that good. He goes, "Hopefully, don't they don't bite for the fool's gold." And I go, I said to him, "I go, what do you mean?" He goes, "Think back to 2011." And this was a really good point. And look, Ryan Tannehill versus Andy Reid. There's no comparison in career resumes, but 2011, the Eagles had that quote dream team. Where they uh, went crazy with Babin yeah. and Namdi Asamoah, and they sucked for like ten or eleven <laughs> games. Mm-hmm. But down the stretch, they won four or five in a row, and every Eagle fan knew it was over for Andy Reid. It was time to move on; his shelf life had expired. But because they got hot at the end of the year and finished five hundred, there was a debate. He came back for one more year, and then they finished four and twelve, and they moved on. Yeah. He said, "Don't." Uh, he goes, "I hope the Titans don't fall for Tannehill if he goes six and two down the stretch." Yeah. And I'm like. Yeah, if he has a quarterback rating of 100, hopefully John Robinson says seven years of mediocrity outweigh seven weeks of no, excellence. I don't think, regardless yeah. of what he does, short. Okay, if he goes out and he just 
lights up the world and he's, you know, one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the National Football League at the end of the year. Yes, then you got to reevaluate it. You got to say, okay, he's young. What do we do? Do we draft a quarterback and, and make him make this a bridge contract or do we allow him to go walk because he's still young? Because if he have a if he has a season like that, he's going to command high dollar somewhere or either with the Titans. Um, I think no matter what, they're going to try to sign him to a deal. If he continues to play good, say he continues to play good, even if they make the playoffs or don't, but he continues to play good, and they see some progress in the offense, because I think ultimately that's what they want to see. They want to see progress in the offense. They want to see. They want to make sure. At the end of the season, they can say, we can bring Arthur Smith back. That's what they want to see. We can bring Arthur Smith back. We can add some more pieces around. Offensive line. Exactly. Yeah. And we will be fine. That's what they want to see. Uh, granted, yeah, they do want to win games and they do want to get in the playoffs. But ultimately, I think all of that kind of works together. But with Ryan, I think what it is is that they're, gonna, they're going to sign him. Unless he gets hurt or something. They're going to re- sign him if he plays well. They got to figure out. What do we sign him for? Yes, that's that's you know, that is do the we sign him question. for? Because it's going to be in between fifteen, no, around fourteen to nineteen million dollars, probably twenty. If it's for a year, it's going to be over twenty. If, he if plays, it's for a year, it's going to be over twenty. If he plays great football, because he's making two yeah. from the Titans this year, so the Titans valued him at two million dollars when they acquired him. He is thirty-one years old, and you do not throw away seven years worth of data. This is my advice to the Titans organization. You do not throw away seven years' worth of data for a single game. Now, we're talking about at the end of the year, mm-hmm. so you're going to have ten games' worth of data at least to look at in this system, with this coaching staff, in this organization. And that is a better picture than one game, clearly. Yeah. Um, no doubt. But, but seven years uh, is still more significant. The, the dude was making $7 million this year. There's just yeah. no like If you're telling me I've got Ryan Tannehill for $20 million – or anything else, I might take anything else. Like I just that's nah, so that's, much that's money. The, that's the going rate. That is the going rate for a quarterback that's playing good. Right, that is, but, but that is the going rate. You got to do it. Yeah, you got to do it. I'm with you, dude. But that's the same thing we would say about Marcus after a good game. But we would that, say the same no, thing no, about Marcus what, what, after a what good we're game, and then after that, a bad game, no, we say no, don't resign. No, after we, what we said is if he if Marcus would have played good, or if Tannehill would have never came here, you had to resign Marcus. You had to. And the going rate was 20-plus. It don't matter if I like it or not. The going rate is 20-plus. So if Ryan plays well. Yeah, Brissette, Brissette got 15 on a two-year deal, yeah, right? So, and that's a pretty rare contract. Exactly. So, and then if he plays well, that contract is going to get torn up, and he's going to re- redo another one. It's a total steal for Chris Ballard. Exactly. Right absolutely. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Think about so, the Colts. I mean. If he plays well, and the Titans know this, if he plays well, what they're going to do is sort of like what Jacksonville did. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying they're gonna give him the money. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying they're gonna give him the money that they gave Foles. But they're gonna look at it from this standpoint. You're 30 something years old. They're gonna let him test the market. You know, they're gonna see what the market says, and they're gonna say, you know what? We can sign you for two, three years. Give you about 20 something per year, mid to low 20 something per year. You're our quarterback. Guarantee it, and draft another quarterback. Because even if they guarantee it. If they draft a young guy and they got to bench him, they still saving money. I think I think there's a lot of moving parts here because there's also the idea of the compensatory picks for both Ryan and Marcus, right? Mm-hmm. If they walk in free agency, there's a compensatory pick that will be given to the Titans. Um, so you've got to keep an eye on what that that value could be, and you could also, in theory, trade one of them if you wanted to. If you Ain't wanted to trade, trade for them. if you wanted to trade Marcus, I'm just saying, like, yeah. if you don't think you're going to get anything for him when they walk at the end of the year. 
in theory, you could try to move him. And, and just, again, just things that John Robinson has to consider, mm-hmm. right? He's got to see the whole puzzle. Pe- He's got to have all the puzzle pieces on the table before he can start making moves. But, uh, again, if if one of the biggest concerns about Marcus Mariota was his injury history, how in the world mm-hmm. can you convince me that Ryan Tannehill should be worth 20-plus million dollars when he has missed far more games due to injury than Marcus Mariota has? That's yeah, true. So, like, again, you don't just get to erase the career that's happened. It's I'm I'm rooting for him to dominate everybody the rest of the way. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see like the ten and O Titans be this year's Colts and go into the playoffs winning ten out of eleven games and and we're having a great time talking about this team surging into the postseason. That'd be great. That'd be a ton of fun for the city. But let's call let's like look at the reality of this. The odds are of Ryan Tannehill being, you know, thirty one years old who's missed an entire season due to injury in the last few seasons. Like let's let's be aware of what we're talking about here because that was the big conversation about Marcus. Oh, he's injured all the time. He's not available. Ryan Tannehill is far more injury prone than Marcus Mariota is. So John Robinson's got that on his plate to consider as well. Yeah, and I don't think J. Rob is foolish enough to actually let seven games outweigh sure. seven years. But but can it sway his opinion? Of course it can. Yeah. Like, if he looks really good, to your point, Derek, about the Arthur Smith system, if he looks really good in Arthur Smith's system, and for, for whatever reason it works, right, with Vrabel and like all their minds are melded together perfectly and that's what's leading to success, maybe you, you give him a few more dollars than if he was playing for some other team. I, I don't have a problem with that. But you you can't allow yourself to be – Blinded by recency bias, you can't. That's not the way NFL GMs can operate. At least that's that's what I would say, John. If John, oh yeah, no, me, and fans John's can be prisoner asking. of the moment. General managers, if they're prisoner exactly. of the moment, they're going to be sitting with the fans. Exactly. Seven three seven one zero two five. The number coming up next. Jeremy Pruitt will transition a little bit to the Vols. Interesting comments on the state of the fan base of Tennessee. If in fact one individual trots out onto the field this Saturday against South Carolina. We're back after this on Morning Drive. 634, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, good to have you in here. One hour from now, Predators head coach Peter LaViolette as the Preds take on the Minnesota Wild tonight at Bridgestone Arena. Let's hear from Tennessee Volunteers head coach Jeremy Pruitt because Pruitt, now there's this, apparently there's this little groundswell going on in Knoxville that, you know, fans might boycott or boo if Jarrett Garantano trots out onto the field as the starter this weekend. Here's Jeremy Pruitt's response to Tennessee fans saying they would boycott a game or boo if Garantano starts. Well, you know, here's what I'll say is just in my time here at the University of Tennessee as a as coach and my time as a, a coach at other schools participating against the University of Tennessee and as a player, you're not going to find a more passionate fan base than the, the fans at the University of Tennessee. I have a hard time believing that uh, when it comes down to game time, everybody's wanting to win. I think they trust the fact that we're going to play the players that give us the best chance to win and have success. So um, I, I think when South Carolina comes on the field, they'll probably be booing. Uh, and I think when South Carolina has the ball, they'll be loud, just like they have every game. Um, and, you know, they'll support our players and, and continue to do that. Coach, Coach Pruitt, um, one more question, Coach Pruitt. How, what, what days of the week do you think your fan base overreacts to what you do on Saturdays? On Mondays and Thursdays, and then on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Okay, all right. So it's not Friday, which means the fans are going to overreact. Tennessee fans, all right, listen. If one guy, if coach thinks one guy gives you the best chance to win, why would you boo the guy? 
Jared Garantano has laid his body on the line. Maybe he made a dumb mistake last week, and you can be critical of him for that. That's totally fine. This dude has experienced absolute destruction of his body for your program for the last two and a half years, and you're going to boo when he comes out on the field for you? What a joke. Come on. So you view... I guess what it would come down to for me, my initial thought is, do we view players with the boo from a fan base differently at the collegiate level than we do pro? Yes. Because pro, it's all hands on deck. You boo any pro athlete you want. No. Do you, have, mean, to re- do you have to like scale back for a college kid? I think it's a personal I, choice. I, I, I see it both as, as being the same. Now, it might hurt. You know, in, The optics of it in college is a little, a little bit different than it is in the pros. I understand that. Uh, they're all getting paid, but one is getting paid more. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, you're not technically I mean, wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, the optics are different. Uh, but I think if you are a, you know, if you are a uh, NFL team, you can boo your team if they're playing bad. I think, uh, but to boo a player, this is especially a guy that's been on. He's on your team, and it, it, if the guy's not going anywhere, he's just having a bad game. Why boo him? It's, it just doesn't make any sense to but me. Especially the guy um, who played behind no offensive line last year and got his body knocked around like a rag exactly. doll. And, but, and he, but I, I'm like, just saying. Maybe he's not the right guy to win, the, to win championships. Okay, fine. Maybe he made a stupid mistake last week. But to, to boo a guy specifically because of a bad play it just feels a little too too personal. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be saying, soft here. but like, Let saying, me play no. devil's advocate, though. Uh-huh. And I don't really have a strong take one way or the other, but you're a paying consumer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You mean you pay for Vols tickets like you do Titans tickets. And No question. You know, I get it, quote, these guys are 18 to 22-year-old kids, but let's face it, the SEC and big-time college football is exactly that. It's big-time college football. If you don't want to see Jared Garantano and you paid $190 to sit at the 35-yard line, and you don't want to see him? I think you. I don't think you're completely at. Now, as long as you don't make it personal, but if it's just a boo, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm still. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I'm just still. I'm not in agreement with it on either level. Um, you know, yeah, you can boo your team if they're playing bad. You're booing the team if they're playing bad on any level. Um, but the blue in individual person. They might just be having a bad game. They might be having a bad season. You don't know. I mean, fans look at the game and they swear they know the game, you know, and they really don't. So you just don't know what goes in. Not all the fans. I think the majority of fans don't know the game. They love watching it. They know bits and pieces about it, but they don't know the intricacies of the game, why the quarterback is doing what he's doing. You know, why if the offensive line, you know, they might see a guy throw an interception or throw a pass. Why he throw it over? Why he do Well, he probably because he was supposed to or he had to get rid of it. It's not or something happened. Yeah, it's yeah. not always yeah. black and white. There's a lot of other things that goes in it. But I, you know, I gotta believe that UT, the fans are not that you know, <laughs> not that dumb and stupid and, and, and bad to boo a player. That's the funniest thing Now, to said. boo a team, now, if you want to boo the team in general, yeah, because I think they're more so booing the head coach than it is well, the actual it, team. And, and I, that, be, I, I'm, I agree with you. Like, if, you, if they have a, like, if they go three and out, three straight series with Jared Garantano and you exactly. boo, fine, boo, go for it. Your team played poorly, you can boo. I, being in the stands at a football game is like being on Twitter. Like, if, if any one of those people that are booing Jer- – like if Jarek Garantano walks out there in the first snap and you're booing without a single thing happening in the game, you're just booing Garantano for the sake of booing him. Because exactly. I guarantee you, if you sat down privately with Coach Pruitt – you're one of these fans, right? And you sat down with Jer- – if you had a chance to talk to Coach Pruitt before the game and Coach Pruitt was like, hey, listen here, fan. 
Um, listen, he he he's a, he's started like twenty six games. We're a four point underdog at home against a really good defensive line. We need a quarterback who's got experience. He gives us a better chance to win. The guy who's booing goes okay. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. but on, but on Twitter, you get to scream and yell and boo at the at the eighteen year old kid, and it's cool. Like it's it's like being in the stands is mm-hmm. like being on Twitter. You can say whatever you want. There's no repercussions for being a a jackass. Like you can do whatever you want. You start throwing water bottles on the field, right? Like oh, yeah. you start acting like a bunch of idiots because you're now bunch, you can do something. You bunch of drunk idiots, and then the the stadium has to go. Hey guys, please stop throwing stuff on the field. Like it's the same as Twitter. You could throw as much crap onto the field as you want on Twitter, but if you actually talk to the coach, if you were a fan in the stands who actually had a chance to say five words to the coach, the coach would probably say, listen, dude, this guy gives us the best chance to win. That's why we're going this with this guy. Or the other guy gives us a better chance to win, so that's why we're going with the other guy. And if you were a fan physically talking to the coach, you'd probably say, okay, coach. <laughs> like, you wouldn't even say a word. You'd but, just say, but, okay. But here's the thing. Let's look at Jared Garantano, because going back to the summer when we were in uh, Hoover for media days and we were ranking our SEC quarterbacks, we all had this expectation that Jared Garantano – was going to be a pretty good quarterback this year, did we not? Yeah, fair, uh-huh. fair, yeah. yeah, fair, fair. And no, I mean, not a, not an elite player no, in the yeah. SEC, but a middle of the top pack, seven, so, yeah. top seven out of fourteen in, the, in yes, this conference, yeah, right? Middle of the conference, which is a good conference for quarterbacks, mm-hmm. supposedly. I mean, the reality is he hasn't lived up to the expectation that all of us had for him in twenty nineteen. So when yeah. you're you know two thirds of the way through a season and you send him back out when he has failed to meet those expectations. I think it's just natural well, to boo. Well, but he's well, your you're backup, suing him back. You're sending him back out for a reason. You have no other choice. Yeah, your I mean, yeah, you can hurt. go to the guy that has no experience, which means right. you might not. I mean, he gives you no, really, no chance to win against a defense that's really good. I would rather have Garantano out there. At least he's seen this defense before. Last year, there's a first round pick who is demolishing offensive lines for South Carolina. Javon Kinlaw is he unstoppable. Eat He's eating him. Last time, last I saw, he was in front of a guy. I didn't see the guy after that. He yeah. physically, he did eat him. I he think just, he it was him. cannibals. Yeah. Two bites. Yeah, him. yeah. I think he ate him. He's he got to sit out the first half. He needed he a se- to call a timeout. He needed a second bite though, so maybe he's not as good as we thought. <laughs> One bite, everybody knows the rules. I, but to your point though, like Shroud is, a, it looks like Shroud's got a big arm. It looks uh-huh. like he's got some talent. He's a nice looking player. Wh- wh- whatever. If you believe that he gives you a better chance to win, then fine. Go with the young kid. But this is a really good defensive line in a critically important game against a coach you are 0-7 against. The University of Tennessee has never beaten Will Muschamp. You're 0-7 against this guy. You're not going to make a bowl game if you lose this game. Like Everything hinges on this particular game. Like we said all season long, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Those are the three games that are largely going to define the season for Tennessee. You have to win this game at home. So who gives you the best chance? The experienced guy who maybe made a giant mistake last week? I guarantee you if he hands the ball off last week, we're, not having, said, yeah. we're not having this conversation at all. Of if course. he just follows the rules and hands the ball off and they score a touchdown right there, even if they lose the game, we, and then there's no blow-up on the sideline from Pruitt, and all, we are not having this conversation at all. It is Garantano in the, in the starting lineup. Who do you he think, probably gives you a better chance to win. Who do you guys think has the first meltdown on the sideline, Pruitt or Muschamp? Whose Must head champ. explodes first? Must champ. I See, think Must but here's champ. the here's the difference between the two guys, though, because you're right; it's a fair question. But off the field, like out of the the game, Must champ is te- a totally different human being than, than Jeremy Pruitt is. Jeremy Pruitt is that way all the time. Will Must champ is like one of the nicest, most laid back, calm dudes you'll ever talk to. When he's not on a football field. But Pruitt's he, also kind he, of he, deceiving with the way he talks. Yeah, oh yeah. Like when you hear him, he sounds very mild mannered, and he's got kind of a higher pitched voice. But he's a total bulldog. No, no, he's he's yeah, he's going 100 miles an hour all yeah. the time. Muschamp is very different. He's only 100 miles an hour. Like he looks like he's got a red face and he's going to explode on people. That only <laughs> happens on the field. He, you know, you 
the, the stories about working for – that's why coaches love working for Will Muschamp is they like – he's such a good guy. He's such a nice guy to everybody around him. Everybody has so much respect for him. Pruitt's a little bit more Saban-y, right? Like, get out of my way, Darth Vader coming through kind of mm-hmm. thing. So. 615-737-1025. If you want to jump in, Vols fans, we'll come back. Another quarterback conversation we're going to have. We've gone from, ter- uh, from Tannehill to Garantano to the one guy who's going to be out for a couple of weeks, but should his college career – be put on ice. We're back after this on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive, VSP at 1025 The Game. Nick Braden, D Mace, Marquise with you. We'll go behind enemy lines coming up at the top of the hour, get a preview and a perspective on the Bucks. But you actually, two days ago, had this idea and wanted to pose a question, speaking of college quarterbacks in this conference. Yeah, and I just wanted to know if you guys, it's more about, sometimes we get into conversations about the conversation. Right, and sometimes I'm more interested in what is interesting versus the actual injury. In this case, Tua being out. I, I, rem- I, I until I see him walk out there against LSU, I don't believe he's going to play against LSU. I have no information to back this up. He just had a surgery done on his ankle, though, and generally high ankle sprains don't just get fixed in like two weeks. So again, maybe he's going to play against LSU. I'm totally dead wrong. That's totally possible. But we have this conversation every time a high-profile college athlete gets hurt, and we're not having it with Tua. But every time, you know, Zion Williamson gets hurt, you know, Nick Bosa last year shuts it down after like one or two games for Ohio State. Um, You know, Leonard Fournette, the conversation took place around him when he was hurt in college at LSU with the ankle, I think, as well. Should these guys shut it down the rest of the year? And the way I've always fallen on this issue is it's your choice. It's your choice as an athlete. If you are if you want to compete for a championship and come back and risk injury or and, and be there for your teammates. Good. Go for it, Zion. Do the do whatever you want to do. If you want to shut it down, Nick Bosa, and do what's best for your financial best interest, and that's what you think is best for your family and your decisions, who are we to tell you what you should do? Like, you're, this is America. You get to decide about your life. But we're, there's, not been a, there's not been a single – have you seen a single story about Tua? Mm-mm. Has anyone even suggested? Is this just the impact and effect of Nick Saban? Like, why is no one suggested – like, this is a guy who's a potential number one overall pick who's now dealt with an ankle injury two years in a row. There's a lot of reasons you could argue if you were into his camp to say, hey, dude, how important is the, are these next few games to you? When, when you brought that up two days ago, my initial response was people are scared to death of Nick Saban. I think if you factor in undefeated, number one, Heisman Trophy frontrunner or at least second behind Joe Burrow, I don't think anybody would have the stones. And I don't think you could kill him if he decided to do it. But I don't think anybody has the guts to say, you know what, Nick Saban, I'm more worried about my NFL career than national championship number seven for you. Yeah, um, he's just he's built up such a um, he's built up such a relationship with these players, and you know, all they want to do is, you know, because we see one side of Nick, but they see the side we see, but they see the other side too, right? And I don't think any player, um, if they were considered a first-round pick, if they got injured early and they could come back, I don't think any player would would say, you know what, I'm going to sit out um, and I'm going to get ready for the NFL draft. Uh, I think these guys really enjoy playing for Nick Saban. Um, They enjoy playing for for the University of Alabama. That means a lot to them. That's like playing, you know, for Notre Dame. It just means something to you because these are historically, you know, the colleges they are, whether it's Ohio State, USC. When these guys got a chance to play, 
they're going to play. They know that they got an opportunity to win the national championship. If this was an Alabama team that was, you know, seven and six all the time or, you know, barely making it to bowl games, then it's a different story. But this is a team that's consistently in the playoffs, consistently, like every year. So is that a knock on Urban Meyer then? Because that's what I heard. <laughs> I heard a knock on Urban Meyer because his his guy quit his team last year. Yeah, when they and, were in the national exactly. championship race as a team be, that could yeah. have won a national and title. on the person. It's so, an indictment on the relationship that you have with your players. I, I, I realize that's a little tongue in cheek, folks. Settle uh-huh. down. Yeah, it's but also, indi- what what about the position you but, play? So let's let's play like the quote built in excuse game. Like Leonard Fournette could easily say, "Well, my shelf life as a running back is far shorter than a quarterback." So I'm thinking about my long term longevity as a pro. But yeah, you, you, here's running back. Obviously, running back and quarterback are different. Um, the players are different. Um, just like Zion Williams, um, the year, the year his his freshman year, and he got hurt. He wanted to come back because then he is just built that, that way. That's, that's yeah. his personality. Exactly. He's right. built regardless. Which is his, the way, his which is the way too. Was probably built. telling him to sit down. Everybody, but he said, you know what? I came here to play for Mike Krzyzewski. I came here to play for Duke. This is what I do. I enjoy. I enjoy being around Baird. And these are my. This is my family. Yeah, he traveled with the to team. Be there. Yeah, on purpose. Because, like they told him, "Hey, dude, stay home and rehab." Uh-huh. And he was like, "No, I want to travel with the team." Exactly. So he traveled with the team to be on the bench, even though he wasn't playing, because he loved his team and he loved being in the gym. And, and he, he just, wanted to be out there. And that's great. But not everybody's wired yeah. that way. Not and everybody's too was wired. Sort of like Zion is. It's like if I can be out there, I'm going to be. I'm not sure. shutting it down. We got an opportunity to win the national championship. I don't think it has anything to do with him winning a Heisman. I think it has everything to do with them losing the, losing the championship last year. He wants to get back and no win question. it this year. I, I just I find it interesting that we're not having the like that, uh-huh. that this isn't a conversation because it's, it's when Zion, Nick Saban the, the night Zion Williamson's shoe blew uh-huh. out and his knee got hurt. Every single human being in America had an opinion on whether or not Zion Williams. What, what should Zion do with his oh, career? Oh, it was a topic for a week it, straight. It was the mm-hmm. only thing we talked about. And and this guy's been hurt now two years in a row as a quarterback playing the premier position in the premier sport that this country cares about and could be a number one overall draft pick. If there's anybody ever mm-hmm. that could make a legitimate case to sit down, Tua might be the guy. Like, Listen, I've had two ankle surgeries now in mm-hmm. back-to-back seasons, and I and, and it's, it takes one hit from Chase on from LSU to come around the edge and, and hit me in the ankle, and I may be done for the season. Mm-hmm. Like it, th- you, you could make the argument that of all the players, who has the most to lose? Tua. Tua and Zion are the two that you mm-hmm. could look at and say, these guys have the most to lose. You would be protecting your future potentially if you didn't bring it back, didn't come back onto the field, and not a single person is asking that question anywhere. I think what happens is at least that I've in, seen in Tua's um, situation, this is what's going to happen because you're right. I don't know if he plays against LSU, it's, it's, it would be remarkable. Um, Am I wrong on to think that it's like? <laughs> well, I think he's going to play. I just I, think I he's going to be like seventy percent of himself, yeah. no, and, but, that, and that may be true. I just I'll believe it when I see it. He's going to be hobbling. One time he is, gets sacked, he's going to get up. He's right, going to be think, limping around. I think this is what. This is what Coach Saban is probably thinking, is that as long as we get him back before Auburn, we're (laughs) fine. Because here's the thing. If we lose against LSU without Tua, it's better to lose with them with Tua. Even a 70% Tua. It's still better if we if I say nope, two is not playing. We lose that game. The committee committee exactly. looks at it very different. The committee's yeah. going to say, you know what? They didn't have to, and then two comes back for the Auburn game yep. and beat Auburn. Hundred percent, they're still in. No, you're still in. You're hundred percent on it. If they, especially if they roast Auburn, exactly. If they go on the road and roast him, they're like, oh wait a second, this is what Alabama looks like with Tua. Mm-hmm. They've won every game that Tua started. 
but they lost to LSU when they didn't have Tua, mm-hmm. the committee's going to go, oh, like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it's in the bylaws for basketball that mm-hmm. if you have to take into account injury, sure. injuries, it's 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 a part of the evaluation. Seven three seven one zero two five. Let's wrap up the first hour with a phone call. Zach has some thoughts on the vols from the previous segment. Zach, you're on Morning Drive. Hey, how are y'all doing? Doing good, doing bud. Good. Hey, so I just wanted to touch on the whole booing situation real quick, and I feel like I kind of agree with Derek. Um, I'm I'm personally not somebody who's going to boo at all because those guys are out there, and this includes the coaches, doing stuff that I'm completely incapable of doing at that level, right? And an example for me recently of why I don't boo is uh, during the Braves playoff game against the Cardinals, we had a pitcher come out. He was pitching great. I was yelling at the TV, sitting on my couch, like, you know, Snicker, you idiot, why are you taking this guy out? And the pinch hitter hit a home run, and I had to eat my words right there. <laughs> so – that's just me. I'm not going to boo, but if you're going to boo, I feel like it's more appropriate for the team versus an individual. Yeah. Okay. I think I think we all agree with that. It, listen, if mm-hmm. Garantano comes out and they go three and out a couple times, boo, yeah. the, boo the team. Exactly. I don't have a problem with that because it's not just his fault, right? Right, and and you can boo like you you like you said, Nick. You paid the money. Uh, it just feels stupid to like. Yeah, to, to quit on the kid before he even is out there. If after, you boo after what he's come out, what if, yeah. he, what if he goes on a you know seven play ninety yard drive right. and score? <laughs> then y'all all are like idiots. Woo-hoo! Yeah, yeah. JG. <laughs> if he puts together a drive like that, they might give Jim Chaney another million and a half. We're <laughs> making three million this year. All right, uh, that's, that's a smart investment. Uh, Terrible contract. Coming up next, Greg Allman from the Athletic. He covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are in town to take on the Titans. We'll get the Tampa perspective coming up next on Morning Drive.